physician stands by the bedside of the sick and dying, though his heart may be melting with pity, he must play the stoic, calm and unmoved, while he sees the last kiss imprinted upon lips that will never again move, and listen to the cry of the bereaved. From all available evidence, Dr. William Hill was extremely bright, but also stubborn, quarrelsome, a loudmouth, and a little bit of a frat boy prankster, but he did have some qualities which lent itself to uh, aiding the community in its early years in developing some medical professionalism. This is Bill Kemp, librarian, McLean County Museum of History. I'm Scott Myers, and I am a volunteer for the McLean County History Museum. I came to Bloomington in October 1865, just after the close of the war in the South, which, however, did not end here till two years or thereabouts later. This was solidly a Republican territory after the Civil War, and just about any public official of note was a Union Army veteran running on the Republican Party ticket. Uh, Hill was an exception there. He was known as an old line, rocked, ribbed Democrat, and he didn't care who knew it. I came to the conclusion that they took me for a rebel of the deepest dye and had it in for me accordingly. The brother of the man running for Congress tried to whip me, but failing in that, he tried to shoot me. He failed on me as a target and shot Park Temple in the foot. After this, I found Democrats everywhere. In later years, reflecting on his political career, which consisted of two years in the Illinois House of Representatives, he said his primary activities uh, were to receive his pay and raise a little hell. So I think there's probably voters today that could appreciate the candor of Dr. William Hill speaking in the late 19th century. The winter following my debut here, I came nearly being mobbed. Though a well-respected establishment figure, he was actually accused of body snatching twice, but they, they were erroneous accounts. I had always a great many students. In fact, I have had 35 physicians turn from my office and guidance medically. He did keep cadavers in his offices uh, because he was known to take young physicians under his wing, and it's hence the need sometimes for cadavers and lessons. An injured brakeman who had been run over. He was brought to the office about 9 p.m., but was beyond medical aid and died half an hour later. And thereby hangs this mobbing story. The undertaker brought up a superstitious gentleman from the Emerald Isle to convey the body to the cemetery with his carriage. The driver was intently gazing on the manipulations of the undertaker, fastening the coffin lid down. On my dissecting table was a subject covered with a cloth, of course. Alan Stewart came in and uncovered the subject, displaying it to the frightened gaze of my Irish friend. He naturally thought the corpse had come to life, and, well, you should have seen the hilarity with which that Irishman got out of that office. As a matter of course, the news spread, and two evenings after a mob extended from my office to Dan Maiden's shop was there to demand an explanation, or satisfaction from me, as a body snatcher. A committee of five was appointed to wait upon me to find out the condition of things. After explaining the situation to their satisfaction, the mob dispersed. 
was a key figure really in the establishment of the McLean County Medical Society in the 19th century, and he fought to his credit, patent, medicine, and other kind of medical quackery. He passed away in 1906. His legacy as such survived in the home there on the 100 block of East Olive Street, what by that time is known as the Pillsbury Mansion, but was really Dr. Hill's home, right? The home is raised to make way for the current Bloomington City Hall as that whole area was remade under the guise of urban renewal. One of the things that sparked the historic preservation movement locally. 